Welcome to the Omega Core, boy. Hope you survive the experience. Welcome to the Omega Core. This is Keith and Chris, and we're starting a new podcast covering everything comics. Yeah, biggity biggity boys <laughs> and the girls and all you non-binary folks fall in line if you want to talk about the comic bookies. Oh, so I figured we'd start this week by introducing ourselves and kind of giving a how we got into comics so you guys could kind of share your stories as well, well with us once we got going. Uh, so Chris, you, I know you have a much longer association with them so why don't you go ahead and start us out so basically like you know every kid growing up in a small town you have you know like your 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 local supermarket and they all have you know the magazine racks and they have the comic book spinner racks and all that stuff i had one of those and basically that was like my babysitter when my mom was like shopping she was like i don't I can't, like, I need, I need some space. Go fucking look at the books or something. So I would, you know, go look at the books. And of course, you know, I would always gravitate towards the comic books and everything. It was either that or wrestling magazines. Cause you know, your boy be body slamming <laughs> fools out here. So, yeah. So basically, you know, that was my, that was my start as a young little kid. I would be picking up comic books that I thought the covers were like super, super cool. And, you know, and of course, you know, it's a, your local grocery store. So they never had stuff in order. So, you know, I'd buy one issue and, oh my God, Peter Parker is fighting the Sinister Six. And then like the next issue I'd pick up, it it would be like, oh my God, something happened to Mary Jane in this issue. And I'm like, well, shit, (laughs) like I don't don't have that issue. How do I fucking get a hold of that issue? Because, you know, from a small town. But um, eventually, I got more into it when um, I started mowing my my grandmother's grass and stuff, and she would pay me my whole $30, which was like, you know, big bucks for me back in the day, you know? So then we'd go to the Route 66 place, and I would literally blow the whole $30. I would, I would blow all of it, and it was always either on uh, Spawn, because I, because I knew... It's like I knew, I, I knew that I was like, oh, this is a book that no one wants me to have. So I'm going to fucking buy this book, right? <laughs> or, or it was like, you know, Venom or Green Lantern, probably Spider-Man, some Batman here and there. I didn't really get into Batman until I was like much older. You know, I feel like when you're a kid, you're just like, yeah, whatever, Batman. But like Spider-Man is where it was fucking at. And then, of course, Green Lantern. Um but yeah, like I basically like had all those kind of image books and of course, you know, DC and Marvel, you know, when they did their verse, you know, storyline, I was like, you know, I was into that and I was trying to pick up all the Amalgam Universe books and all that crazy shit. And basically I fell out of it for a really, really long time. You know, I was trying to, you know, I was in my 20s and I was trying to get, you know, with the ladies, you know, so I was like, it can't be running around here with a with a healthy comic book collection, like a fucking dweeb, but you know, so then, you know, I fell out of it for a while, but then I got back into it, uh, when Jeff Johns took over Green Lantern and I was like, oh shit, this, this is probably the most interested I've been in a comic book for a while. 
and then I slowly got back into it, and I, now it's a now it's a full blown addiction. It's terrible. So let me interrupt you here just for a second. So for anybody that doesn't know Chris, I'm looking at his knuckles right now, and across his knuckles he has all of the power rings from the Green Lantern universe. Yeah, yeah. Everyone thinks it's the Infinity Stones from you know Marvel because you know they're color they're rainbow colored and they're on my knuckles. They're like, oh my god. We've seen we've seen a Marvel movie. It's you know it's it's the Infinity Stones. Oh my God! I'm just like no no no. These are the fucking power rings. All right, these things, you know, they're not as strong as Infinity Stones, but you know they're still strong within their own respectable rights. You know, so they are some of the strongest things in the comic book universe. So. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It, it just takes a certain writer. You know, to dust the kitty gloves off and, you know, put some power behind them. You know, every once in a while we'll get Hal Jordan, you know, doing a big old fist. You know, and that's about all you get out of him or a ram's head. But, man, Kyle Rayner, he can, he can, he can slap a fool down with a very intricate construct. Yeah, uh, that's the big thing about comic books. If the writers and the artists are on point... There's no beating a comic story. Yeah, you can't go wrong. You you absolutely cannot go wrong. But if it's a bad artist or a bad storyteller or both, then it's absolutely terrible. Well, what's always the worst thing is like, and I, and I know this doesn't bother you as much, but for me, it's like you have this very good writer. You know he's a good writer or she or whoever. And then, like, the, sorry, man, I'm over here burping up a storm, <laughs> fucking drinking blue moons and whatnot, but, and then, like, you get to the art, and it's like, you, yeah, you'll sit there and you'll read it, you'll read it, you'll love it, but, like, it's just like that art isn't hitting, and you're just like, oh, no, I have to sit through however many issues until they get my cat, my <laughs> big, fat, orange cat is... Trying desperately to just get Keith's attention, and he's he's not he's not giving up. Well, maybe he is a little bit. He's like, ah, oh, you know what? All right, I don't like you as much as anyone else, but you're not giving me the attention. Of course, you would want it in the middle of us trying to fucking record a podcast. Yeah, it's typical orange cat behavior right there. Yeah, and I will disagree with you. You hit on something that about me. I've always gravitated more to the story than the art. But if the art is just dookie, I ain't playing with it. Yeah. Uh, I told Chris this story a long time ago. Uh, so I bought this She-Hulk issue one time because I grew up as a Hulk fan. And I'll get into my background here in a little bit. Uh, but so I was like, okay, Hulk, She-Hulk. I like the Hulk stuff. Let's see what the She-Hulk's all about. Yeah, can't go wrong. Fine-ass Hulk, basically. <laughs> Definitely. So, I'm looking at this art, and it's good cover art, really good at cover art, and it's got my interest peaked. And I open the first two pages to the first storyline part, and I'm looking at it, and it's just garbage. Straight dookie fire garbage. And I look at it for like 10, 15 seconds. And then I just shut it, never touched it again. Done. Put it in a bag, it's, it's, boarded it. 
It's never going to see the light of day ever again. Pretty much. Not unless I find somebody that's interested in it, needs it to fill a series that they really loved or whatnot. Yeah. But how someone would get into that, I just don't understand. I mean, I, I think, I think it, like, you know, they, and, and like I said, eventually we'll get into Keith's story, but just to kind of touch on this real quick, I think, like, a lot of the issues a lot of, like, now going on with comic books is that they, they are, you know, not particularly focusing on the character so much as, like, you know, they're trying to hit all these different check marks in our current day and like like basically they're too political yes they 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 this is a fantasy world you know like yes it is okay to and i know marvel kind of swings on the side of more a little bit more realistic uh more than dc but uh you know for the most part like we're not we're not here for you know some some people might be but like we're not here for the goddamn you know for politics and you know who's you know who's gen. social issue pushing yeah yeah it, it, it's like i want to see like don't get me wrong like i do want to see that stuff and i do i do think that's important to her character but like to make a whole book about it is just kind of yeah yeah and, and we'll cover that a little bit more and when i get to my side yeah but uh so then you got back into comics and we kind of got off course there i mean ba- i mean basically like i got back into comics and i've been hitting it they've been hitting it in the vein you know numerous times a week like i i haven't been going as much but there for a while it was like going every week and dropping like 80 bucks a week and just having n- tremendous oh my god like right now i probably have like 24 25 long boxes they're like stacked on top of each other it's a nightmare uh i've moved like four times in the past you know yeah well i would i'd probably say like within the past like decade it's been like four times and moving those fucking boxes four times was just like someone take me out i'm like i can't do this anymore i'm i'm over it <laughs> yeah I, i'm i'm almost to the point now it's where it's like you know like I'm, I'm glad we're moving into the digital age a little bit so that way we can start maybe downsizing and everything like that and with the digital age, we'll kind of kick into my story. Um, so, I was a kid of the 80s, but I wasn't really around comic books. My little town really didn't even focus on them. The area that I was in just didn't. Even because we'd go into a bigger town and get groceries most of the time, and we just never saw them. I don't know if there was even a store in the town that we would go into or not. Because you grew up in... Uh, Northern Illinois. Northern Illinois, yeah. Northwestern Illinois, almost into Iowa. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but as an 80s kid, Lou Ferrigno showed me the Hulk. And that was probably my first superhero. And as a kid, I didn't know any better. And I loved that. Yeah. It was great. So the, the whole transformation sequence didn't scare the shit out of you like it no, did to me? No, I was, I, I liked the Hulk. I thought it was cool. Yeah, yeah. So I go along, and then we get to the 90s, and the X-Men cartoons come out, and I really liked that. Oh, my God. Perfect. Perfect perfect cartoon. It was a great cartoon. In fact, it's so great that I have, one year for Christmas, asked for the whole series yeah. for on DVD for, for it. So I have the whole series on DVD. It's, it's so great that they're coming back now in 2023, and they're like, we're making more. You know? like It's, yeah. it's like... 
you can't you can't beat it. It's, it was the perfect cartoon. It like hit all the right beats. And to be honest, it was probably the best team that was ever assembled in the X Men universe. Absolutely. Because there was no bad character. There was no character that was sometimes weak in a fight and sometimes wasn't. Um, but I digress. Um, so I had the X-Men knowledge, and then the X-Men movies came out. And I got into those. And so I've always kind of been an X-Men fan. I, I, I gravitate. My two favorite characters are Wolverine and Jean Grey. Yeah. The Star-Crossed Lovers. Absolutely. That, that's you, something that eventually they have to try, just giving Wolverine a shot. He's got to get his chance. I mean, they're, they're, you know what? They're, I still, and I know you might not like, I, I don't think you like it at least. In the newer X-Men run, they've kind of tooled around with the idea. Or they've kind of, they haven't really like fully landed on it. But like they're like, oh yeah, Scott, Gene, and Wolverine were like kind of in like a little weird thruple relationship. Which I'm, I'm all about, man. Yeah, Jane can love two dudes. I mean, okay. I, I'm, I'm all right with it, but I really want to see Wolverine get to like sweep her off her feet absolutely. and see where he goes. Because you, cause you know Wolvie's just a big old teddy bear underneath all that fur and I adamantium. Mean, look at how well he treated some of his others, like uh, Maraku. Yeah, yeah. He was a very caring husband until she was destroyed. Yeah. Didn't treat her kid very well, but you know, whatever. That's another, well, that's another fucking story. He kind of <laughs> went down a shitbird run. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so anyways, I just kind of nibbled around the edges. I didn't get into the Marvel Universe when it first started. I was late to the whole party. I think they were probably already to, like, almost... Captain America, the Winter Soldier, before I really got into it and yeah. got, got all, yeah. all caught up. Well, I mean, to be fair, like, the comic books, Marvel comic books, really didn't pick up until after that first Iron Man movie. Like, it was kind of going downhill there for a while. Like, they they didn't know what to do. They almost went bankrupt numerous times. They were constantly being, like, you know... Well, and that's why Fox was doing the X-Men movies and the Fantastic Four movies. And yeah. Sony had Spider Man and Universal had. We, we had, we had, Hulk. God only knows how many Punisher movies, you know, like it's just. And that's, that's a series that I think the first one was really underrated. Yeah. I, I really liked that movie. Are we talking like the very, very first one? Yeah, like the, the Thomas the, Jane was the. Oh, Pun no, no, no. There's a first one, first one, back, okay. way back in the day. It's Dolph Lundgren playing the Punisher. I've never seen Dude, that. Dude, it's, it's not good, but it exists. It's out there. They dyed his hair black. It looks terrible. Well, and we'll stay the hell away from that <laughs> yeah, because yeah. it sounds like I need to. Yeah, Because I like the Thomas Jane one. Yeah. I thought they did a really good job with that. And then everybody crapped on it, and I, it went away. I think, I think, I think what it was is, um, you know, as a... I'm not a Punisher fan, really, but I know a lot of people that are, and uh, I think what the main thing was is, like, it's a PG-13 Punisher. It's like, you can't you can't really do, like, you can do, but, like, you know, at the same time, like, we want to see, we want to see Punisher, like, messing up some fools, you know, like, just giving it, giving them the business. I think, yeah, I'll, I'll partially agree with you. Yeah. Because, so, I think, personally, there's a problem with the comic book movies where 
the ratings seem to matter to the people more than the content because there's a lot of really great action movies out there that are PG-13 and they're considered some of the greatest action movies of all time. But if it's a character like Punisher, oh, it's got to be R-rated because Punisher's just that badass. Oh, yeah. And I, I'm with you. I don't agree. Or I don't really get into Punisher. I've seen the movies. There was some stuff tied into it that drew me into it. It was a good movie. I liked it. But anyways, I digress. So uh, anyways, I go along. I'm a casual fan. And then I start working with some big bastard in the garden center at this place we he, worked at. He means me. I'm like six fucking five. <laughs> and when I say big bastard, we're both like that big. Yeah, yeah. We basically are just monsters of men. But uh, he's, we're standing around with nothing to do, and he knows that I've kind of understand the X-Men stuff. And so he's talking to me about X-Men comics. And he's telling me, at one point he starts telling me about the uh, Battle of the Atom storyline. Because mm. he's talked about how that the, we've talked about how there's the schism going on. Scott's got his school. Wolverine's gone back to the Xavier school. Yeah. Um, and Scott's kind of turned into a shithead. And I mean, so Beast... I mean, even before that, he's always kind of been fucking, fucking groove, you know? He's not super, super great of a person. <laughs> yeah, but he's always kind of been a Boy Scout until was for the longest period. And then all of a sudden, he's like, fuck it, Charles was wrong. He's an asshole. Look at what he did. He he captured the essence of a, a sentient being in a machine. And that's kind of where I see Scott's downfall starting, is when they found danger. Yeah. Because I've gone back now and read all that. But anyways, um, so he, he's telling me about the schism and how Beast has brought the original five forward to try and show them what's happening mainly to get at Scott. And then he's talking about the storyline where there's other X-Men coming back trying to kill or send back the original X-Men. Yeah, it was definitely a big blue dick move, you know? Like, it yeah. was just, like, fuck you, Scott. Like, remember when we were fucking, when we stood for something? Like, look at us now, like, and I want our little, little piss boy versions to, you know, see what the fuck you've become. Yeah. Yeah, it really was. But, so, anyways, he convinces me, and one day I go to the comic book shop that's over here in Springfield off of uh, 11th Street, and... That's, go com that's comic service, uh, Jim Borman. Go, <laughs> go, 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 go hit him up. If you're local, that's the place to go. He's got all the information. He knows everything that's yeah, going on. He's he great. He literally will talk talk your ear off about things as long as you're not stupid about it yeah well, don't get yeah, stupid because yeah. he'll kick you out <laughs> he'll, kick quick. You the, he'll kick you the fuck out he, he's not going up with that shit but yeah if you carry on an intelligent conversation about it he can talk all day all day um so i go over there and i buy the first comic books i've ever bought they're the 10 issues that make up battle of the atom and so i've read through them 
And I decided, you know what? I like that. It was fun. I'm going to buy the X-Men comics. So start going in, buy an X-Men comics. Because at that time, there's like six books that are X-Men. Yeah. And it's crazy. And I'm going back, and, I'm bought, and I've gone back on eBay and bought all the issues that I didn't have already to the current time of Wolverine and the X-Men and the Uncanny X-Men with Scott. Pretty much from the schism point on. And I've also bought Uncanny Avenger, or Uncanny X-Men, or X-Force, Uncanny X-Force. Yeah. With uh, Wolverine, Deadpool, Archangel, oh, yeah. Psylocke, and who was the fifth one? Hands down, one of the best. Who was the fifth one? Um, was that? It wasn't Phantom um, X then. No, it was, yeah. Was it? Yeah. He yeah, out. you're right. It was Phantom X. And then in the early, later comics, he became kind of a shithead before he kind of sacrificed himself. I mean, himself. he's got three fucking brains. Like, yeah. he's got too many brains in your head. You yeah. Kid, you you, you, you're not going to make it out unscathed with fucking three brains. Yeah. But, so, I get reading that. And so I bought, start buying Deadpool. And I get back all the back issues of the current run of Deadpool. Which was started with the Dead Presidents yes, storyline, yes. which was classics Deadpool. Right, that's Brian, some Brian. of the best Deadpool ever made, I think. Yeah, Brian Brian Hussein wrote that, which was kind of like a big deal at the time. I remember. Yeah, I mean, because he was a semi-famous comic at the time, he wasn't just some nobody. Here's this guy that's already out there and got his name out there. Yeah, and now he's writing comics. And not only writing comics, but writing, like, Good comics. Yeah, like, Deadpool. Like, good comedic timing, good, like, just everything. That first storyline. Oh, that was... Plus, he had Tony Moore. Yeah, Tony Moore doing the artwork, which is, like, he did the first run of Walking Dead before uh, Charlie Adlar took over. So, like, the boy knows how to draw gore. And, like, just... And, uh, quite frankly, Wade Wilson's muffed-up face... Yeah, and then uh, uh, Jordan D. White was helping on on that book, kind of helping mold the story, so yeah. it made sense. Brian was doing kind of the the ideas and the jokes, and then Jordan was kind of coming back in and kind of making it concentric. I mean, I, I, I mean yeah, let's face it. If Brian Hussein just got handed the keys to the kingdom, this little high <laughs> ass would have had us doing all sorts of weird stuff. But and, and let's be honest, we went. Really into the weird with that one in the first, anyways. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Um, but uh, so then I'm buying X Men books and Deadpool books, and then there's the trial of Jean Grey, mm. and I get introduced to the Gardens of the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, and I think before this I've already started picking up uh, Fantastic Four because yeah. I actually do. I'm in the minority. I actually do like the first two Fantastic Four movies. I don't think they're terrible. I don't think they're great. I think they're okay. Yeah. The, the, the first the first one's good. The second one, like, it is good up until a certain point. Basically, up until Galactus becomes a poop cloud just like uh, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, Sinestro. Yeah, but, but, yeah. Or, no, Parallax. Parallax, Parallax. Yeah, Parallax yeah, yeah. Sorry. But, yeah, but, it, yeah, it, it's like you had everything going... Vaguely, or not vaguely, but like, you know, okay. 
and then we get to Galactus, it's like, okay, so this is the big old money shot, right? Like, this is what, and this is what we've come to see, like, you know, and then it's and like... it's terrible. It's terrible, terrible. I, I, I'll admit, Galactus looked terrible. Yeah. But the whole story was fairly well tied together. I yeah. liked the actors they had. Yeah, they were good. But a lot of people just absolutely hate those. But anyways... Um, and, and, and then we got that... That newer Fantastic Four movie. We're not and, even going to talk yeah, about yeah, that. And, that's and, 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 that's and not a Fantastic Four movie. That was a, a guy was using Fantastic Four to continue his series because he couldn't get anybody to pick it up. Yeah, We're not yeah. even going to call that a Fantastic Four. That was ridiculous. Um, yeah. We'll call it four, Fantastic Four and a half. <laughs> the Fantastic Fakes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> But... Uh, so, yeah, now I'm picking up Guardians, because I've decided that I like the Guardians, because I had to pick it up for the trilogy in Grey, who's one of my favorite characters. I'm not just going to leave that storyline half unhinged. Which, which, which Jean Grey do you prefer? Do you prefer the Jean Grey, like, going through all the Phoenix bullshit, or do you prefer the... I, I'm pretty sure I know the answer. I just want to make sure everyone else knows this, because, you know, it's going to... I'm sure it's going to be brought up numerous times as we go along with this whole podcast journey, but do you like old hat Jean Grey? Well, I wouldn't say old hat. That's, you know, disrespecting the queen, but, you know, the one that dealt with all the bullshit. Yeah. Which, to be fair, the, this, you know, the, the, the older one that got time displaced into the future, she dealt with her own fair share of bullshit as well. Yeah. But which one do you prefer? To be honest with you, I don't really care because Jean is Jean. Jean is Jean. Yeah. And they didn't mess with her personality. She always came through as genuine mm-hmm. and the caring one of the group. I mean, who was the one that outed Bobby but didn't out him? Just outed him to himself so let, he could relax. Hey, boy, you know what? I, I know. I'm sorry. I saw it. Yeah. I know. I'm not telling anybody, but I know. Do you. You'll be a lot happier. Way happier. And we'll get into that whole can of worms. Yeah, I'm pretty sure eventually we'll probably cover, like, Battle for the Atoms. Yeah. That's also one of my favorite X-Men storylines, too. Yeah. Um, So, from there, so now we're picking up X-Men books. We're picking up Fantastic Four. We're picking up Deadpool. We're picking up Guardians. Um, And pretty soon... I'm picking up all of those, some of the Avengers-type books, Hulk, stuff like that. And I'm even picking up, I was a Transformers fan as a kid. So I'm now picking up IDW Transformers books. Yeah. And so, yep, next thing I know, $50, $100 a week. Easy (laughs) in the comic book shop from never buying them in my life within like three months. That's how they get you, man. They they, they get the hooks in and they give yeah. you good they, stories. They, yeah, the comic book nerds <laughs> come get you. They come get you. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. Oh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We, I, we, I actually really do love it. We, 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 we will we will we will infect all of you. <laughs> pretty eventually. much. Uh, pretty much. And I don't know how people have seen the movies and haven't gone and picked up. Because some of the movies really are so good at storytelling, 
Yeah, they're even just... though they're not, they're the actual story. Yeah, that came from a comic, the comic book. I I, I like the divergence a little bit. Um, it's not always my favorite. Like there are obviously characters. Like I just recently watched, uh, you know, the new Guardians movie, um, and it was pretty good, except for Adam Warlock. They they kind of screwed so, the pooch on that. I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna spoil anything, but thank you because I have yeah, not yeah, seen not, that not, yet. I'm not gonna spoil anything, but I'm just gonna tell you, it did my boy Adam Warlock a little dirty. Okay. So. But yeah, but, so the, yeah, I I don't know, like the I I, I like. Like like what you're saying, like that they they do a very good job of telling their own version of the story that we all grew up with and you know love and everything, and it is different enough to where like the people that do come in are now getting their own experience. And and really, I like that because, like I said, I'm an X Men fan. They've tried the Phoenix Saga twice. Oh my god! Yeah. And they've screwed the pooch twice. Screwed the pooch so bad that they'll probably never touch that again. Unless Marvel says, we're going to do it. We're going to full-on go the space route, get the Phoenix Force on the re-entry. Bring in the the Shi'ar, like, you know, just get fully in. Get full-on X-Men crazy. I I would like to think that, because, like, how hard is it to, to like, just get it right? It's, It's a cosmic force, you know? It's like not that hard you would think so but the problem is is so far every attempt to do it has failed to go into space which enters the cosmic the the, the new one they went into space but they didn't like go uh, no i don't remember them going yeah, yeah, because, because she picked it up at the end of uh was it the apocalypse. apocalypse and that was just going into the uh oh god I don't know. We, I'm such a bad X-Men nerd. I, I, I don't just know. Lost me, me, it... me and my girlfriend watched it once, and we were both like, did you like that? No, I didn't like it. It, it, was, like, it was like, we'll never speak of it uh, again. What What is the realm that Professor X and Shadow King fight in? I think it's just like the psionic realm. No, it's there's a different name for it. And it's going to drive me nuts it's because not, I should know it. Is it the Superflow? No. No. Oh. Su- the Superflow okay. is a thing with them. Oh, we're going to look Talk it amongst up. yourselves here for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. What in the hell are we doing here? I mean, I, 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 I think the thing with, you know, the movies, and this is what I've always said, is that you have years upon years upon years of content and, you know, stuff to draw from. Sometimes, like, you know, just just give us, regardless of how far-fetched you think it is, like, it, it's worked. Like, you know, there's a reason why these stories are told over and over again and read over and over again. Like, you know, if it works, you know, don't try to reinvent the wheel, you know, like, just go with it. Like, I'm, I'm telling you, like, your diehard fans who are coming to see these movies most of the time will appreciate it. You know, then you got the new fans that are like, oh, this happened. Maybe I should go back and read, you know, whatever it is. The astral plane. Oh, okay, That's what yeah, it was. The astral plane. I should have known that. And, and that's where they went to battle uh, Apocalypse for some reason, which well, completely screwed that movie up. Because <laughs> if they had just fought Apocalypse for a while and kind of gone into a 
like had people falling off and then gone and beat him and come back in time and figured out how to beat him and gone back in time and done it like they did in the books, that would have been fine. Or just don't touch the original stuff. Take small ideas and make your own storyline. Yeah. But yeah. let's not combine two storylines from different characters because you'd pretty much cut Shadow King's head off and he's a great villain. Yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a, if you did a Professor X movie on his own, it would have to be Professor X finding Storm in the bazaar in Sudan or Cairo or whatever. Uh, Cairo, it is. Yeah, yeah. And then figuring out that the Shadow King is kind of controlling this whole dark web. And the astral plane is where he defeats the Shadow King. But you've ruined it because you fought Apocalypse and it took like five minutes. Five whole minutes. The, the mutant with the most powers known to man. Like one of probably like one of the like one of the first mutants. Yeah, five minutes. Yeah, it, it was ridiculous. And I love X Men movies. Yeah. But that and the two attempts at, and I won't even say that because if you take the Phoenix out of uh, X Men: The Last Stand, and you just ignore that they call it the Phoenix Force. Yeah. That's really a decent movie. It could be, yeah. It is. I, I've watched it. I, I've recently found a guy on YouTube that's named is Alex Hefner, mm -hmm. and he's gone back and reacted to all the Marvel movies because he had never seen them, so it's his first time watching it. And this, once he finished, got to a point where he was kind of caught up on Marvel, he's gone into the X-Men realm and the Fox X-Men movies. And so I've rewatched this movie recently. And if you ignore the fact that they call her the Phoenix in it, it's great. It's a good movie. She's just Omega powered and crazy. Yeah. Which I mean Which to be fair, like if if, if you had a dude tampering with your head yeah. since you were a child and then all of a sudden like, you know, all that gets unlocked, oh yeah, you'd go nuts. And and let's be honest. That's canon. Yeah. Jean was found because she was losing her mind because she saw her friend run over by a car. Yeah. In the comics. That's how Professor X met Jean Grey and she became a member of the original X-Men. So that's really canon. But then, like, she had trauma that kind of broke through the walls. So go with that instead of calling it the Phoenix Force. Just, just like, dude, she's tapping into the, the super flow, that psionic. She's going full she's psionic. She's broken out of the mental cage, and she can't handle it. Yeah. Just, I mean, as big of an issue as mental illnesses, and we want to go into all of these realms, why can't we just go into the mental illness realm there? She lost her mind. She's got powers that are so strong. And boom. There you go. Here's your pitch, Hollywood. Jean Grey movie. We just did it for you. Exactly. <laughs> like, like Speaking if we're gonna of which, plug time. Episode two, it's going to be a lot of our ideas that we had spending umpteen million hours in the garden center at a place we work together at. So 
That's, That's right. what's coming next week. That's right, you fucking nerds. <laughs> we're, 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 we're selling plants, we're smuggling, we're hustling, talking about... We're not doing most of that. We're, we're not doing most of that. Mostly we're just watering plants. <laughs> watering and, plants and talking comic book nerd stuff. Yeah, yeah. By the way, when we say comic book nerd stuff and we say dweebs, we are the biggest comic book nerds dweebs own on that. the planet. You gotta own that shit. Exactly. Own, own it. it. Don't be offended by it. We're not talking down to you. We're talking up and placing you on the plinth Yo, that you belong we're, on. We're, 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 putting, we're putting you up on the pedestal. Exactly. Just, That's just, where I'm going here. <laughs> we're putting you up on that pedestal. So, You're going to shine in the clouds. It's going to be great. So. Yeah, I, I, I think, uh, yeah, like, because basically, like, the next episode, we thought would be kind of cool if, like, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll basically, like, this thing we used to do is we used to talk about, like, how... You know, what if, you know, not the typical couples that happened, you know, in X-Men, but, like, you know, maybe, like, some different couples. Because, you know, there for a while on all new X-Men, they were kind of toying around with the idea of Gene and Beast getting together. Yeah, and that was so good. It was good. I wish it would have went further than what it did, but, you know. And there's been couples like uh, Cable and X-Force when they put Colossus with Domino, Nina, yeah. oh and my God. Peter. That was a great storyline, and they just dropped it out of nowhere. It was like, it was here, oh, we're gone. Yeah, so I think, uh, yeah, I think the next episode we'll probably get into, like, that type of stuff that we used to talk about. It was basically all just hypotheticals. Hypotheticals, and then we'll even share some of our characters that we created, original characters. Yeah. But. Some, 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 but some, the, some are kind of wild. And some of them are just great. Perfect. You, like, once you hear it, you'll never be able to look back, like, on anything else. And you'd be like, damn, that should have happened. That should <laughs> that should have happened. And the fact that it's not happening makes me real upset about it. Yep. But we digress. So, um, we're still kind of got a couple little time here. Uh, I wanted to ask a question and kind of answer after you of what I thought. Uh, so... Do you have a set of a whole series or a short run that you think is criminally underrated? Uh, I mean, for me personally, I'm like a huge Swamp Thing fan. And I know that it's, you know, it is, it's one of those weird books that DC does where like people still want to work on it. Like people want to write it. People want to draw it pops up here and there all the time but it's basically the fact that he just doesn't really get an ongoing ever like they'll they'll, they'll come in they'll let somebody write a good a good story arc and i don't think i've ever really read any bad swamp thing but i would almost say like just any swamp thing like the new 52 swamp thing because like yeah we all like alan moore we all you know well not all of us i don't know some some people probably don't like alan moore or even know who he is but me personally, like the Alan Moore Swamp Thing stuff was like, you know, it was a breath of fresh air that we needed instead of Swamp Thing just fighting the monster of the week or, you know, oh, woe is me, I'm just a sad little muck man, you know. He actually went super deep into the psychology of, you know, what it is to for a plant to, like, think it's a human and then, like, oh, spoilers, mind you, if you're going to read this shit. But it's been out forever, so if you haven't read it yet, what's wrong with you? Get on it. But basically, like you know, it's, it just it it goes into all these different routes. 
I don't think, I think he fights like maybe three or four monsters the whole fucking run. But the whole run is basically just like him, him figuring shit out. He's like, I'm a plant. I thought I was a man, but I'm not. I just think I'm a man. And it's just all this psychology. But then we go into like the new 52 stuff. We start really getting into like, you know, Alec Holland is now actually the swamp thing. It's not a plant who thinks he's a swamp thing, but it's, or thinks that he's a man, but it's actually Alec Holland as the swamp thing. And it's basically just like his journey and him having to deal with all these memories of the past swamp thing or the one before him and his relationship with Abby Arcane and all so, this stuff. So, so I would say the new 52 swamp thing, it's, it, it to me is criminally underrated. It should not have been canceled. But So as a person who is not a DC guy, I've always been Marvel. I read a couple of DC books, but I'm not deep in the waters of DC. So Swamp Thing started out as a group of plants that came together and formed a sentience. So, yeah. And then eventually Alec Holland was like in- integrated into it and became part so, of it. So, so basically what happened is Alec Holland was a, was a botanical engineer or something like that, but he basically like was making this super serum that you pour it on a plant. It's like steroids for plants. He basically was like, "Oh, I'm gonna you know grow desert, or I'm gonna grow plants in the middle of the desert, feed the whole world." Well, basically, this so super fertilizer. Basically, yeah, but but it, but it's like times you know a yeah. thousand or whatever. It's it is like it's gonna it's gonna cure world hunger. You know, it's 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 a big deal. But basically, this company's like, we want it, and he's like. You know, go fuck yourself. And they basically, they murder him. Which, like, okay. Like, fucking just murder a person over this thing. But in the process of them blowing him up, uh, he's, his body's covered in his, his own bio-restorative fluid. And he goes kicking and screaming into the swamp. And basically what ends up happening is, like, the bio-restorative fluid... Um, gets into the plant life of the swamp and everything. His body, like, his body dies. Like, he's dead. But these plants kind of, like, and, and the way they described it in Alan Moore's run was the way planarian worms, like, they can get split into two, and then, like, which is fucking nuts, but, like, they can get split into two, and the other half, like, takes along those memories. So basically, like, the way they described it was, like, because of this super steroid that Alec Holland did and the fact that like these plants fed on his body they essentially absorbed his consciousness okay but like but the 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 thing was though like the whole like when Lynn Wayne wrote it and you know uh, Bernie Wrightson was on the artwork when they were doing it it was you know Alec Holland is the swamp thing like because you didn't know any better you just thought that and the whole point was like eventually like oh, I'm going to figure out how to get back to being a human. Well, then we get to Alan Moore's run, and it's like, oh, no, you're never going to get back to being a human because you weren't human. You just thought you You just were... absorbed the human memories of the human consciousness of somebody else, Yeah. and your body is done. Oh, but, oh, oh, oh yeah. It's, it's like you're never getting back to a human body. You're just a plant. And, and believe me, when he finds that out, he goes... Ape shit. Like, he loses his goddamn mind there for a while. Like, he... Deadpool finding out Ajax can't actually cure him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's, you know, and, 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 and like... Oh, I'm gonna fucking spell it out. 
but yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's basically, you know, the, the whole Alan Moore run is just this plant trying to figure out its place in the world, its place within its parliament of trees, which is like the whole kingdom that it comes from. And, and then, like, you know, like I said, we get to that new 52, and we start messing around with, like, we start introducing more kingdoms, which have been done before, but, like, we're really getting into it in this new 52 run. And then, like, I don't know, it's just, like, the way they handled it. It was just so good. They introduced, like, a machine kingdom, which was very relevant for the time, especially, like, I think when that book came out, it was, like, 2012, 2013, around there. So, yeah, we're, like, in a digital age, and, you know, it's commenting on that. So, I, yeah, it's, it's criminally underrated to me. Yeah. Okay. Um, I have one that I'm going to throw out there. And, you, like I said, I'm not normally a DC guy. But this was one of the DC books I picked up. And I think it was criminally underrated, and it was canceled entirely too early because it was fun. Mm-hmm. Harley Quinn's Little Black Book. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> it was so good. From the first issue where she's knocking out Wonder Woman, sticking her in her bathtub, taking her costume and fighting people to keep her from dying. Yeah. And it shows, like, her fandom as a little girl is the reason that she's doing this. It, 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 it kind of, like... It was fun I, I think without that... taking itself too seriously. I think I think the greatest thing about that book was that it got her away from Joker. You know, it started it started It gave her her own space. Yeah, yeah, and it was like this is this is this is Harley Quinn without the Batman or without Joker. It was like her it was like her own little thing. It was the way she felt about, you know, all these other people and each issue was like a different person. Yeah. She basically it was basically an anthology series which you can't really go wrong. Yeah, and, sometimes. And we started with Wonder Woman, and that was a fun episode. And then I can't remember if Zaytano was the second or third issue, but that was interesting. Yeah. And I can't. It's it, I, it's I, been five to ten years now since that well, book was out. Well, I, 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 rem- I remember they had one with Green Lantern. And yes. She, and she yes, bought. because she was doing. The, they went after the guy with the the split ring, the orange and blue ring. Yeah, because because she, she bought a ring. She bought a power ring off of eBay or something like that. No, she didn't, but this guy did. The dude did, did. yeah, okay. okay. And Green Lantern and her went and kicked this guy's ass and took the ring. Yeah, I I remember, like, I was picking it up, and every comic book fan can attest that it's like, you start picking up too many books, and you're like, oh my god, like, I'm spending too much money on comic books. So you start cutting, you start cutting books, you know, and... So that was one that I unfortunately did cut, but the last issue, because like later when it came out in trades, I looked at it. The last issue was her and Lobo. It was, and it was I, with. That, and, I remember that issue, and it was and, it was Simon Beasley artwork, who which is who did Lobo book back in the day, which made it, you know, the Bastige, like you know, the main man. It, it was great artwork. It was great story. There was a little bit of bomb chicken. Wow, wow. Yeah, there absolutely was. I was, I was like, listen, but, out of all the like, besides Poison Ivy, obviously, because I one hundred percent am like down with that relationship. It's probably one of the best relationships in comics. Besides, we'll go with Wonder Bat. I know, I know, a lot of people disagree, but at one point in time, Batman and Wonder Woman were, you know, trying to get to the bow chicken. Wow, wow. But I, I would say, like, that would be one that would make the most sense to me. Because Lobo's crazy, Harley Quinn's crazy, 
they could go on an intergalactic killing spree and just be madly in love. They'd be like natural born killers. Is he all right? I think he's okay. He's, okay. He, 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 he does. We're talking about my dog right now. My dog's over here, like, doing some weird his shit. His dog, Hal, named after his and favorite character. Named after Green Lantern, which everyone thinks I'm saying Howl, H-O-W-L. But, you know, no, it's it's Hal. And, you know, he's, uh, he's over here looking like he's going to throw up on the damn carpet. <laughs> you know, doing his thing. I think it's just for attention. We're, we haven't been paying attention to him. He's kind of been pouting on different animals, large animals in the Yes, room. <laughs> in our living room. And we, this is what happened, basically. Our, our, my child, she has, you know, she has multiple big animals that I bought for over the years. And they're, like, all plush animals. But basically, like, we try to get rid of them. And then, we're so, like, we'll put, like, we'll put them in here, like, we're cleaning up and everything. But, like, how? Claims them. He claims him, yes. He so he has a unicorn, a big pink unicorn, which you know looks like he's getting ready to go to. But he's got a big pink unicorn that he lays on, and he's got this giant weird rainbow dog that he also lays on. But he, yeah, he's 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 a little weirdo, yeah. He, he an old boy, but yeah, I definitely. I definitely agree with that book. It's that that book was criminally underrated. Criminally underrated. Lasted like five or six episodes, and it's just stupid that it it never touched on. The Green Lantern was the biggest main character that it touched on besides Wonder Woman, yeah. which was the opening stanza. It could it had so much range. They could have had all kinds of fun with Spy or uh, Superman. Blue Beetle, they, they, they could have even, the Flash, yeah, they all of those guys. She didn't need to go back to. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't need to go back and deal with Batman because that's a where she's been. We don't need that. It's just anymore. like how much, how much like Harley Quinn and Batman interaction do you actually need? Yeah, I, I mean, but but there's so many characters out there that she could have done, and every one of those issues was really well written. So, yeah, I, I I think it would have been it would have been a good way to also kind of start introducing more obscure characters. Yeah, because because at, at that time she was wildly popular. To be honest with you, I knew of Lobo, but I had never seen him. I'd heard of him. I've never seen him. None of it. So it kind of I didn't do enough to get me into reading Lobo because. Lobo's kind of a weird dude. I mean, to be fair, there's not a lot of Lobo. Like, yeah. there's there's like a few miniseries back in the day. I think the most recent miniseries, uh, I think, was written by fucking Scott Ian of Anthrax, of all of all that, people. That makes complete and total sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can completely see Scott Ian being a Lobo fan. Yeah. So, but like, I, you know, he doesn't really. He, he's. He's he, not he, big he's, in the... Well, see, the thing is, like, he's one of those characters that DC have that when he does show up, it's like, oh, my God, like, he's here, you yeah. know? Like, and he's wildly popular, but... He's he also never... wildly hard to write into any kind yeah, of I think, I, Yeah, I think, I, think it's, I think it's kind of one of those things where it's like, like, you know, the writers almost feel intimidated, almost, because they're like, I All really, right. really want to do the main man justice, you know? But yeah, so criminally underrated book for sure. Yeah, sure. I mean, I I can we can go on and list multiple other ones, but those are yeah, those are probably our two, 
are two most. Yeah. And, and, and those are just like, you know, the big two, you know, I could go into. And as a B-roll, we've both read it, both agree that it didn't get the love that it had. We kind of touched on it earlier with, was uh, Cable and X-Force. Yeah, yeah. Because that was a great storyline coming right out of AVX. Mm-hmm. It kind of helped solidify and show the Unity Squad, which, in case you haven't seen the Facebook page, spoiler alert, get reading page or uh, episode three. We are deep diving into Uncanny Avengers Volume One. <laughs> We, we got the, one of those noises, one of the buttons. There we go. <laughs> we got the noise. But uh, yeah, so it's it's such a good story arc. And like, how do you go wrong? You got X-Men and Avengers? Like, come on now. And it's, in all reality, it's kind of a redemption of redeeming the father-son father-daughter bond with hope and cable yeah because that's the big part of it you know cable's pushing her away she's trying to get him to come back and then it turns out that she in the future is the reason that he's losing his mind and damn near dying because the world has taught gone to shit because he retired and pushed her away Aksaki's son retired, not doing it no more. Yeah, yeah. It, it, we it, got it. we got Lady, uh, the Lady Death Strike. No, it was Lady uh, the Clone Strife. Was oh, okay, actually, yeah, Hope yeah, was that's right, that's right. wearing Strife armor, and then uh, Which, God, what is his let's name? Let's talk about uh, the most ridiculous '90s like. Character ever. Character ever. Like, I remember when I was a kid, though, man, I saw Strife and I was like, holy shit. This is like, this is the best thing I've seen in my life. This is like Wolverine, Silver Surfer. It's like they combined 17 characters into one. He had a fucking cape. <laughs> and then you come to find out. It's no capes! No, no, don't do it. I'm sorry. Gotta throw in a little Incredibles. No capes! No capes. <laughs> But fucking like yeah, amazing character, kind of a dipshit though, in my in my in my opinion, he's, which is crazy because he's the problem is the same. They gave him a small run, and then they largely forgot about him. Yeah, and and now at this point he's just someone they pull up when they need something. Yeah, like in that series at the end, there's the two the four part crossover between. Cable and X-Force and Uncanny X-Force in which Psylocke and Storm are running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That Cable's the big bad in. Yeah. Or not Cable, Strife. Yeah, he's, I I mean. And and the whole, every time he turns up, it's all, boo-hoo, you got to have Gene and Cyclops raise you in the slim and red form. But I'm going to claim that I'm the real one and they ignored me. Which okay. is just my, ridiculous. My thing is, guy, it's like you got you got the better end of the bargain because you don't have that techno-organic virus. Exactly. It's like, what have you got to be complaining and, about? And that's the, the big thing. 
How are you the original, when the original was born in 1980-something, and the only reason he's in the future is because he's got the techno-organic virus, and you don't? Which, like, they did that, I think, I want to say recently in comics they did that, where, like, they completed the loop, right? Where, like, he, he got born, uh, Apocalypse gets the techno-organic virus from the cable from the future and gives it to him in the fucking future, which completes the loop. In the past. You mean in the past? Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's how... Oh, time travel. My God. <sighs> and, what, what? and and let's be honest, that's something that the X-Men kind of overdid. Yeah. I, I love the X-Men to death, but the time travel stuff, well, they, they like, overdid it. Yeah, time travel is kind of murky to begin with. There's There's too many rules there's not enough absolutes yeah so and, like, and let's be honest we're getting ready to go into a whole series of the mcu that's going to be just about time travel just yeah. because of the very end of or how endgame ended that's going to open up the whole deal i mean loki's already cracked into it yeah oh yeah all of this yeah so we're we're getting ready to go super time travel heavy. I th- I think yeah I think it's like a it's like a mixture of time travel and like the multiverse like the, yeah the yeah. multiple realities which time travel created the multiverse yeah, basically yeah yeah which uh, you know is good I mean, stuff. We got Kang and Kang's the ultimate time travel fuckwit. Yeah <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest. He's 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 the uh, he's the forgotten member of the Blue Man group. He, he's ridiculous. But he can be done really well. I mean, that's he's part of... He's one of the two big bads of the first run of Uncanny Avengers. Absolutely. Without him, it kind of dies off, and they can't just keep going yeah. the way they were yeah. when they started. Yeah, plus, like, if you guys, guys want to just get, like... Well, I, I, in summation, I'll give you a little, a little, you know, a little treat. Before, if you wanted to, if you want to read Uncanny Avengers, I recommend it. It's so good. It's it deals with like you know the unification of the Avengers and the X Men. It deals. We get a first look at the Red Onslaught, which if you don't know who the Onslaught is, he's a character from the '90s. He's basically like a he's like a mixture of Magneto and Professor Xavier's like rage and he just took on like a giant psionic form we'll, we'll cover more about as, the, yeah, as but we like, get into it, episode it just, 3 the, the book gets crazy we start talking it, about apocalypse twins and all kinds of shit which, like it just gets all of so that good. stuff is great yeah and then it, obviously Kang has taken over the apocalypse twins because he realizes he needs them to do what he needs to do yeah yeah and, and like man and I will say this too, like it, it is kind of nuts because you almost do have to like, not to fully understand the story, but you also have to kind of go back. It takes like little bits and pieces from different comic book runs throughout like probably the past seven years before that. Yeah. And, and uh, like uh, and like it wraps everything up so beautifully. Like it's just, it's such a good run. It kills with, hate from, um, it kills hate from no more mutants because the most spiteful person in the universe after no more mutants was rogue yeah and she finally forgives scarlet witch and uh 
And there's so many others that are we will talk about in this in the. Oh yeah, episode, we're, we're we're definitely going to deep dive into that. We're going to hit all the points. At one point, like everyone, everyone, like something happens. I'm not going to go into it right now, but like when we do get into it, man, if you're gonna, if you decide to read along, you will be shocked. So get reading, find it. If you do, um, my big thing, I don't buy comics anymore. Marvel Unlimited, sixty nine ninety nine for a year. It's the greatest thing ever. Yeah. If you're a comic book nerd that doesn't want to spend thousands of dollars every year. Yeah, yeah. Um, like myself. <laughs> <laughs> which I'm still working on. The big, thing, the big problem with Marvel Unlimited is you got to wait six months for the new stuff to come out. But my thing is... There's so much backstory that you maybe have read, never seen, don't have a clue. If you're looking to get into comics, Marvel Unlimited, just do it. Yeah. Do it for a year. If you don't feel like it's... Educate yourself. If you don't feel like it's worth it to you after a year, you're just not a comic book person. Yeah. That's honestly it. Because there's there's so much. I, since I've had it, I have... Continued on in the X-Men storyline from, because being the X-Men nerd I was, when I got into comics, I went Paul hog, went back, got all the essentials, and read, like, the first 200 issues of Uncanny X-Men. And then from there, I picked up from Marvel Unlimited. I've mentioned Hulk. I was a Hulk fan from a kid. I've read to like 176 or past 176 where they introduce Wolverine in there. Um, I've reread all of the Uncanny Avengers without going in and digging into this. I had reread uh, Cable and X Force. I've recently reread uh, Magneto, which, spoiler, we're going to be touching very soon as well. That's if we were to talk about a criminally underrated book, that that's was, another one. That was another one. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. So, um, but I think we're going to wrap up this episode. Yeah, here. It's, um, yeah, it's been about about forty five minutes or so. Well, we we got some editing to do at the end. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's going to make it over an hour at this point. So, uh, thanks for joining us. If you like us, give us a holler. Check us out on Facebook, uh, Omega Core with Keith and Chris. Uh, eventually, we will have the more information up on the uh, Facebook page to lead you to the actual es- uh, uh, episodes. Yeah, we're brand um, new, baby. We're just getting started. We got so much stuff to come. There's like, so much of the world to re- dive into in, of comic books, so... Eventually, I'm going to get Keith to read some really weird, obscure indie stuff. We are going to do that eventually. We're going to try and get launched here, get a couple episodes under our belt, and then we will dive into occasionally handing other people or each other episodes or issues that we really liked that they may not have read before or would not have read and see how they react. And eventually, like, you know, if we get going, we get a following, we're going to start posting questions, we're going to start talking... Talking your favorite comics. We'll dive into what you are deep into. Start putting some polls out there. Give us, give us some reading suggestions. Give us, you know, we don't have enough on Facebook, and then start 
downloading the podcast. Follow us weekly. Get in contact. Uh, we also do have an email address. It is... Uh, I, I, crap, I don't remember the email address. <laughs> <laughs> I set it up, and I haven't touched it since. We'll, because we'll, we'll eventually get the email. We'll get you the email address next time. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, have a great week, guys. Yeah, signing off.